Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The loud frequency coming from your radio is not a mistake. Do not turn off your radio, but instead turn up your radio as loud as it can go. Do this so we can broadcast this frequency as loud as possible. And welcome to another episode of Game Stuff. I'm your gaming gal, Kalai, and with me today is Roberto. What's up, Roberto? Uh, doing okay. Um, got another Trenta Vanilla Cold Cream... Vanilla Cold... Vanilla Cream Cold Brew Coffee in my possession, and life is pretty okay. Things are okay. Things are good. And we're also joined by Joe. He's back. What's up, Joe? What's up, guys? Um, life can't be shitty when you have video games. There you go. And Corey's back with us. Hey, Corey, what's up? Not much. Just, you know, decided, just finished eating some uh, drumsticks, homemade drumsticks. And uh, now I'm ready to sit down and uh, talk about some video game <laughs> stuff. All the stuff. You'd almost, you'd almost call it game stuff. Uh, <laughs> or butt stuff. And, and for those of you that are new to this podcast, we are a conversational podcast gamers by gamers about gaming this week at the last minute i changed the topic of the show and we're going to do community question episode because wow you guys love to ask questions and we want to respond to them so before we get started let's jump into our backlog beatdown jt is rocking it with the 59 points joe has 33 daryl has 30 cj has 24 which means you're above cj joe because he buys fucking games every week. I'm like, <laughs> I went. James McCall. No, go ahead. James McCall has 18. I have 18. Roberto has 18. Tricky Mick has 14. Gareth has 11. Levi has 8. Glenn Ori has 7. Homer Gets Stuffed has 7. Tannerbird has 4. Andrew Middlemoss has 3. Jim has 3. Derek has 1. Joshua Crafts has 1. Corey has 1. Uh, Corey has negative whatever. Uh, Roberto, I'm sorry. Uh, like Actually, I said. Roberto, I think has 19 points. I think I managed to mistype his name, and now I have to fix that. Dude, Roberto, yeah, you you're climbing, man. Yeah, well, those are attributed to 100 uh, successfully campaign completing and platinuming three games, and which I'll talk about in a moment. Uh, yes, actually, apparently, when I entered him, I entered him is Rawito, R O B W E T O. Well, that's a first. That's more Spanish than your actual name. Rawito. No, no. So here's the, like, the thing. Um, I, when you say in American, it's Roberto. When it's Puerto Rican or Spanish, it's Oreto. Like the, the H has an R. Like the R bad. has an H. And then in high school, one guy kept calling me Birdman for some reason. And then one other guy kept calling me Snowman for some reason. And then when I did my Disney Cons <laughs> program internship, they called me Rob Knives, which is a combination of my first name and my last name. Okay, back to, to my backlog. Beat I'm going to call you Bert. That's, Simon yeah. Brackiva has one. <laughs> Veronica has zero. Zachary Ledford has minus one. And Daniel Jones has minus three. Wow, way to go, so, way to go, Frosty. Way to pull up the rear. He actually beat a game this week. I'm going to... I'm going to actually, like, I think, try to total everything up if I can. 
and then actually give you a proper number, Kali, because I think as being part of the Game Stuff show, I should really support Backlog Beatdown, even though I'd be in completely last place with a bunch of negative points. That's the point. It's okay. It, right. It's okay because we need to have an inter- no. we need to have an intervention for your ass anyway. Stop buying games. I, I, I have told to. you what's gonna happen they, now. They, I don't. I told you what's gonna happen I... if you keep buying games. I'm not joking. I'm literally just gonna text Kathy everything you buy. Like eh. she already knows. Okay, because she already knows. She came into the room and she like, she just comes because now she just we we have a app that like. Shares it's whenever like, I make a purchase, but also shares whenever like, she makes a purchase. But the problem is, I make a lot more purchases on my account. So it's like, she's like, uh, "Hey, uh, I noticed uh, we bought uh, thirty dollars worth of PlayStation stuff." Um, I just wanted to double check: is that is that Brandon or is that you? I'm like, it was me. <laughs> she's like, "Sweet, okay, I'll just tally that on to what you owe me for video games." Like it's back up to like one hundred ten dollars oh again. <laughs> <laughs> does does that include the thirty dollars she paid me? Oh, <laughs> I uh, I'm just like I'm just yeah no. She's like she really in the. She's like sweet so yeah. She's like when are you so uh and now now she doesn't know what to like. She's got so many things where it's like okay well whenever a new game comes out she just buys it now because she's got so much backlog money. Whereas for me it's like I don't have that much anymore. All right, let's let's get this train rolling. Roberto, what have you been playing this week? All right, so I admit that I haven't played as much as I wanted to this past week. It's been there's been just stuff going on. Um, you know, as as I probably mentioned before, I'm unemployed. I'm trying to collect unemployment, and there's been other things happening. But I'm trying to you know keep a stiff upper lip, as they say, and just stay mobile and stay happy, and just try and play what I can and just enjoy you know that. There's always a sunnier day at the end of the uh, the next day at the end of the rainstorm. So, that being said, so um, first up, I played um, as mentioned before. I successfully completed three games and got their platinum trophy. But I'll talk about them. So, the first one is um, is Read and Read Two. So I'll just make that as one game. Anyone heard of those? No. I They're Rattalaka games. So now, are they your typical Rat Plat garbage, or are they those like Rattalaka like hidden gems where the game's actually good? Yeah, so it kind of, I'd say, falls in between because on one hand, um, you actually have to go through a good chunk of the game before you get the platinum. On the other hand, it's kind of repetitive. And it can get a little tedious at times, so it kind of can get onto you. So, Read and Read 2 are games from Adelaika. They're platformers. So, you're in a digital world. The digital world is falling apart. It's dying. And the objective is to um, get a backup and restore it. So, it's weird because it kind of takes place in this digital realm of there's like this cat thing. And there's like, you know, you jump around and you avoid traps and things of that sort, you know, that you, you would typically do in a platforming video game. And it's it's fun, but obviously everything instant kills you. So it's not, I'd say, terribly difficult. It can get a little tedious from time to time. If you really played through it, each game would take you about two, maybe three hours tops. So uh, one thing I like is like there's a really big dement- sensation of depth that you feel like you're going through. A level and the, and the and when you go 
from one level to the next, the camera zooms in and zooms out. And you can see like every little detail. The uh, there's like a there's like a genuine depth to it. It's it's very nice. The music's cool, and the platforming is fun. It's it's a typical good platforming game. So, in each level, you have to collect a microchip then escape, and it's about fifty levels. So I actually played the first read while waiting online at PAX East to get the uh, Isabel pin. And then read two just came out a few weeks ago, like about a week or two ago. And regrettably, it's the same game, except you're collecting multiple microchips. <laughs> so I guess it's okay. You know, it's, it's all right. I mean, I kind of would have wanted some more variety, maybe boss fights, maybe more context. This was going... Did you say the same game, meaning like as in the exact same, like, like the levels are the exact same? Or are we talking about it's just the same type of game? Very close to being almost the same game. Like there's different love, like the environments look the same. The level layouts change and you're collecting three little microchips scattered throughout each level as opposed to one. That's really it. So basically what they did is just took the same engine they already built, went, hey, let's just throw some more blocks here. People will buy this because it's a rat plat and, you know, people love that hot garbage <laughs> to get their platinum count up. And then they just were like, here you go. Uh, yeah. You know what the greatest thing is? We're going to release it. It's $10, but instantly on sale for $2. Yeah, like, Would you like to buy it? I guess like you could do worse for $2 or four ninety nine or however much it was. I mean. They're okay. I kind of wish it was a larger game and there's more context or something, but it was just like you, you, the game just, you get to the last level and the little cutscene happens and the game just ends. That's it. So for both things, like I said, not bad, but I'm a believer that some. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. It just ends. Is there credits yeah. in the end of this game? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm just so checking, just checking, because you gotta like we specify on the rules of the backlog beatdown. Does say that we need to see and, as a matter and fact, credits. The first game has secret level, secrets in them. I completed the main campaign, and then I went back to the one the levels that had secrets in them and completed that to get the platinum for the first one. The second one, like you can pretty much discover the secrets along the way and everything. And I got the platinum maybe at like level thirty, and then I decided to just finish the game at level forty five fifty. And I got the credits, and then I called it a day with that one. So, uh, however, um, that paved the way for me to play Thy Sword, which was very good. Another Rattalika game that I, I talked about last week. I successfully platinum that. It was a good game. Good, solid game. Good combat. Good adventure. Um, once again, I really like the presentation, and I like the, the gameplay. I do wish I had a second player just to make it a little more fun. Um, so yeah, I platinum that as well. The next game I played, uh, is a game called Valley. Anyone? Valley? Like no, the, no, no, but this like sounds, the Great Valley, sounds interesting. Land Before Time, you know, uh, Littlefoot bitches, anybody? So this is a, this is a no, Land Before saying, Time game? Valley, Great Valley. Like, oh, you, you were so okay. excited. I was gonna say right you. Yeah, I, I was. I mean, you're gonna make me relive my childhood, and you're like, I mean, let's not spoil the end of that movie. But like, <laughs> you know, that was that was. I've watched that movie probably so many times. Oh, I would I, play, I would be down for a Land Before that Time video shit. game. Yeah, I, yeah. I very okay, we need to like no seen that this. Movie this. The end. So. So what? What? Whatever company makes uh, Hot Diggity Dog needs to make a Land Before Time uh, sequel yeah, game that needs it, to come out. Like then there's, there's like 50 sequels happen. to Land Before Time. 
Like, then it's going to be themed to the ten movies they made that were directed DVD and that were very, very bad. I agree. I was like, so which movie? Would you make, like, Lego Land Before Time that tackles the entire Land Before Time saga? About Matt Love. I don't know. That that's that's Hulk pretty tough. And singing and Kiefer Sutherland was a dinosaur. But anyway, okay, I'm going off topic. Um, so Valley, Valley is this interesting f first person. I can't call it even a shooter. Really, it's not a walking simulator either. It's an adventure game. It is the 19. I think it's the 1940s, or it's like a little sometime afterwards, 1970s. You actually go to the Canadian Rockies. So you go, you go. So okay, you got my interest. We're, we're getting back my so interest here, Roberto. You got me back. Okay, there is okay. a very remote top geographical location that the United States Army investigated. There's something called the Life Seed, and the Life Seed is a giant seed that has been told by legend of the Canadian uh, uh, indigenous populations that could destroy and shatter entire worlds. Wow, so you're telling me this game literally is about how the Americans decided to just come and invade Canada randomly, not tell us anything, and then just the only people they talk to is well, our the indigenous people, people in, in the country, because they so, can't talk to... Apparently this life seed... So they were they, all gone. So they what killed happened? them and took their land? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's the... No, where's the previous... Like, what happened? Did all the Canadians die? Well, and I then mean, the next thing you know, all the knows, indigenous okay. people are dead? And then the Americans <sighs> just come up and just were like, Hey, look, Canada's no longer a thing anymore. Let's just take no, this the, shit over. You're in the Canadian Rockies. You're an That's explorer, what happened to America. You're explorer. <laughs> the America still exists. But you, you're, you're a Canadian explorer looking for this, fiction, this life seed. You go into a cave and discover that the United States Army had conducted special research there. So they invented something called the Leaf Suits. The Leaf Suits, which I forgot, it's an acronym, and I don't remember the acronym off the top of my my head here, is this special exosuit that allows you to basically run like Sonic the Hedgehog and jump great distances. You discover the valley. It's filled with these mystical energies and wildlife you've never seen before and fauna you've never seen before. It's uh, and the leaf suit has the power to take away life and also give life. So like you could resuscitate a dead deer or you can kill the deer. It's up to you. So your objective is to discover the mess, the mystery of this life seed by platforming, exploring. Um, it's a nice game. It was on the switch. I played it on the switch and it's on the PS4 and I'm just working on the PS4 and, you know, working and trying to solve its secrets and discover the adventure. It's a good game so far. It's like it's a nice game that doesn't necessarily have any kind of firefights and shooting and killing and everything like that. And sometimes I like games that are like that, that try to do things very differently. So it's also on the Switch. Uh, there was a port for the Switch release last year, and it was good. You know, I mean, the PS4 version, and the PC versions are probably better, but we're likely better. But uh, yeah, so far, so good. I'm going to probably complete that and and then get back to you on that. Um, next up, um, I'm going to try and platinum Cosmic Star Heroine. I decided to revisit that this past week. It turns out there's a bunch of secondary objectives I did not, uh, secondary quests I didn't complete. So I'm at the point of no return. Um, and, uh, meaning that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at the, I'm right before the final leg of the game. So, um, it was actually kind of cool. And I don't know if you countered this Kalai, because Kalai and me have talked about Cosmic Star a lot. There was a secondary mission to a planet 
to go to a police headquarters and discover what's been going on there. And it turns out there are zombies. And then the police headquarters is actually very much inspired by Resident Evil 2. So I thought that was a really cool thing. Anyone? Um, that game's hard to platinum, by the way. Well, that's what I mean. Well, I found a guide, and it, it's actually, it's, well, according to the guide, it's a 2 out of 10 ranking. So, meaning it's not very hard. What I have to do is just do the secondary quests. So, I'm working on that before I go to the point of no return and, and complete the game. Um, I'm probably thinking about working on it tonight. But, it's, once again, um, the game right now is that this recording is $1.49 on Nintendo Switch eShop. It is excellent. It is a great game. The soundtrack's on Spotify. Uh, please support these guys so they can make more stuff. Um, next up, and I think this will likely be the last game I do talk about. Uh, just a moment. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the last game I talk about is a game that we can all talk about because we all downloaded this thing. The Elder Scrolls Blade. So, yes. thoughts, anyone? I mean... It's another. It, I don't know. It it's it's. Uh, I uh, I have mixed feelings about this game. I think if they just slapped it and said blades, made by the guy like made from the studio that made Elder Scrolls, I think you could. It would be just as good of a game. I'd feel the same way about it. It's just. I it it slaps Elder Scrolls on something that I feel that Elder Scrolls shouldn't have slapped on it. But, I mean. It's one of those things where it's kind of the same idea as like Neverwinter uh, Nights, the original Neverwinter Nights, and then the Neverwinter MMO. Uh, they're very two different games, but same world, same everything else. And I understand that this is in the world of Elder Scrolls, but I feel that it doesn't play anywhere close to what an Elder Scrolls should. But I do enjoy it for uh, what it is. Right. So I'm sure. a believer that if you have a major franchise with a massive world, it's okay to have spin-off games that explore the world further and try to establish more of what's going on, If especially if it's a large world. Like, I think, honestly, we should have had maybe, like, several Star Fox-themed games by now that necessarily, not necessarily Star Fox, but, like, just to see what's going on in the Light system, combat, security, that type of thing. But that's besides the point. The Elder Scrolls, as you know, is a massive game, the franchise. It's a game franchise that has its own books and its own lore that like lasts in all sorts of different formats and ways. So me personally, I've never played any of the Elder Scroll games because um it's not that they don't, you know, interest me. It's just they're big and they're overwhelming and you don't know where to begin. Like I I, I just that hap like I get that sensation. You see something and you know that it's an over 100 hour game and it just intimidates you to the point where you don't even want to play it. Because then it's like, okay, you know, maybe I want to play something that gets me into the action quicker or doesn't take that much time to grind. And I, I don't know if you want to call it laziness or just my interest level. All right, so I get it. I, I get it. I get it now. So that's that's why you haven't played Kingdom Hearts three because you're overwhelmed. And yeah. That's why. That's why I haven't. And even it FF, even FF seven remake, like it's, it's sitting there, and I downloaded it, and it's making sense now. It's making sense. That you're you're okay. So the kind of gamer you are makes sense to me now. Because it like, never made sense to me because you're so knowledgeable about video games and you like certain franchises, but now I understand why you shy away from the bigger games because you feel overwhelmed. And that would be a cool topic to talk about as a full-blown show. I think we could get a lot out of that. 
Um, there have I- been. There have been an increase in games that you can complete in a couple of hours or in one sitting or just 100 or, or, you know, or even now what we're playing is actually pretty good for like when you need that quick bout of action. Uh, so I would, I would say if you love Lord of the Rings, right? After yeah, finally I, I, watching I have, it, I, and I have both games they are sitting there in my backlog, the Shadow Mortal yeah. games. I wouldn't even I would say if you want something akin to that type of experience and that type of lore and world, Elder Scrolls is definitely up your alley. It's probably one of the more accessible of the bigger titles. Like, I think it's more accessible as far as like backstory and like getting you into the game quickly more than like a Fallout is or a Mass Effect. There's a lot going on and the stories are a little bit more, I would say, dumbed down in Elder Scrolls. They're not they're not the greatest story, but they're not the worst. Whereas like a Mass Effect or um, like, say, um, what was the other one I said? I can't remember because I just said it two seconds ago. Well, Dragon, Dragon Age, Age, all those go all into like that. very uh, like Effect, deep stories that Mass you need Effect. to like follow. Yeah. Elder Scrolls is very like user friendly for someone who's never played like a massive open world game before. It was one of the first ones I played. The first one I ever played, Roberto, was Oblivion. Right. And it changed my it and, changed my and, perspective and think, on gaming. I I love those type of games now. But they are daunting. Yeah, you know. Well, technically not. Well, the, they're technically not. Technically, I was gonna, I was gonna say they are and they're not. The the one thing that I've always loved about Skyrim. So, for example, I'm a person that's put a total of 185 hours into Skyrim over multiple playthroughs through multiple consoles, um, and I've never beat the game. So the reason that is is because I find the thing I like about uh, Elder Scrolls games in particular, uh, follow games are a little more different, is that Elder Scrolls I find is just more enjoyable on the scent of, I just go walking. If I see a cave beside me, I just go inside the cave. If I see something else, I just go explore it. Oh, I run into a mage tower and they tell me that they want to teach me to be a wizard. Okay, I'll just sit there for, if I feel like doing that, that's what I do. That's what I love about the Skyrim games is it's, it's you just, whatever you feel right. like doing, you just do it. And then if you you can pick up a Skyrim game, you can play it for an hour, leave it for six months, come back to it, and go, okay, I know what I was doing by looking up my quest line or wherever, I know where I was, let's just continue. It's not like the Mass Effect, like Joe's talking about Mass Effect and things like that, where you're developing character routes, you're developing relationships, you're developing uh, good and bad, and you know, different things like that. Whereas with Mass Effect, and or I mean, sorry, with Elder Scrolls, I find that really they kind of make it so that it's one thing. You just decide to do it or you don't do it. There's not really, I think the biggest choice you have in Elder Scrolls is if you're Imperial or Storm Chaser. And that's it. I think that's the really the only, I think there's a couple other choices, but it's not like crazy choices. It's Right, so... I mean, not very yeah, daunting. Like, and I think that one of my things that I get like frustrated is like the grind, you know, um, like, but they're not again, really grinds. They're not really grinds, Roberto. I'll stop you there because I don't want you to get like a like a a, cop, a misconception. OK, misconception. Thank you. I was searching for my words. and couldn't find them. Um, so basically, a lot of those games have they level with you. Mm-hmm. So as if you're level one, so you could do something oblivion. You could beat the game at level one, because if you never go to sleep everything stays level one. So you can just go right to the end of the game and beat it. <laughs> you never. And same way in Skyrim's the same way where, um, now I will let you know though, from previous experience, that is the one 
issue with Elder Scrolls games is exactly that problem, too. Because if you're like me, playing Skyrim for your first time, you're like, I'm going to be a guy that holds a sword and a shield. And then you're like, I can actually hold two weapons? Sweet, I'm going to do dual wielding. Oh, I can cast magic? Sweet, I'm going to have magic in my one hand and a weapon in the other. Oh, sweet, I can use a bow? I'm going to do that. Oh, I can steal things and be stealthy? I'm going to do that. Oh, I can be loud and just burst in and just blow everything up? I can do that. So my character had an average of 10 levels in every single category he could have. The problem is, is when you have 10 levels, so my character was level 10 in everything, which combined level, I think I was like 52. So everything I was fighting was level 52. But all my abilities were a fifth of what they should be to fight characters. So one thing I do recommend if you're going Mm -hmm. to start Skyrim or Oblivion, decide what type of player you want to be. So I'm not telling you that you have to be like, I'm going to do a, you know, super build, dual wielding, uh, DPS based thief with dual daggers. No, all you have to decide is, are you going to be a, like what I usually pick is it's a, are you going to be a thief of some type? Mainly stick to that. Are you going to be a magic user? Strictly magic. Are you going to be a battle mage? So you use a single weapon and magic. Or are you going to be a straight-up warrior and either dual wield or sword and shield? And that's pretty much where you have to stick. You can still learn a little bit of magic here to, like, have it where you can cure and whatever. But just don't try to super expand is my recommendation to you and the fans. uh, Another thing you should know, Roberto, is that because the game is made the way it is, and because, like, you're a a tenth of the level of what you should be or a fifth of the level of what you should be when you fight certain things at, like, level 50 and, like, one of your skills is at... 10 because you spent you know all your points in other skills you can actually take all your skills and wipe them and then put them all into that one class that you want to once you get far enough the game does allow you to do that which which kind of cory forgot to yes. say and they make it that way no yes, no you no did forget no, to, no 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 i did. didn't forget to okay. say it in ps3 they never had it in ps3 in the th- ps3 and xbox 360 version they did not have it they did not have it till they brought it to the xbox uh the ps4 so, and the xbox one <laughs> When they, they to sum this all up, and so we can continue our talk about Blades, which is what we were talking about, Roberto, I would definitely say, because you like Blades, <laughs> I would check out Skyrim. Skyrim's friggin' amazing. Yeah, so, like, I know, like, uh, one 100%. of our admins, Matt, mentioned, like, I chose a poor entry point to it all, and I just, uh, like I said, I'm a believer that sometimes you need to be willing to branch out into different avenues uh, to expand the lore of something or expand um, the, the world of something. I think with Elder Scroll Blade, it's, I like how it's straightforward. You just, you know, you build your castle, you fight your enemies, you go in your dungeons, you have your arena fights, you have your abyss fights, and that's it. You know, like, the sophistication that you mentioned there, like, where you have to level up what category and what type of warrior you want to be is not there. And it's like, on one hand, I mean, I can understand where people really get into that, you know, like, and then on the other hand, it's like, sometimes you just want to pick, pick an axe up and just bash some heads in. So, um... I pretty much downloaded it on Friday, and I, as I admitted before the beginning of the show, I, I spent money on crystals, but here in game stuff, we call them shit crystals for context, and yeah, you know, just to get a little startup, I was just kind of like, you know what, let me get, you know, but I also was thinking, you know, let me, let me, uh, give them a little bit of money, because Elder Scroll Blade was actually a game that they had at, at E3 when I went in 2018. 
and they were very nice to us at the booth and the veterans there. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Let me, let me give them a little change just for fond memories and nostalgia, you know? So I'm not spending any more money. I spent 25 bucks. That's it. You know? So, <laughs> but I like it, you know, it's, it's, it's nice. It's cool. It's immersive. I like the whole, like I'm a lizard guy, an Argonian or whatever. I made my own guild. I don't know if anyone's even joined it. Uh, which, by the way, we do. Um, for anyone prospectively looking at joining a guild, um, I have mine, and uh, uh, I can only take twenty people. But then Kalai and Corey have built theirs um, for for game stuff. So if you want to join us, you can. And um, yeah, it's it's a nice game, especially for free. It doesn't have so many gotcha mechanics or anything like that. That you know, the only drawback would be you cannot play this without internet connection. I tried going to the park and it didn't work. So. Wait, did um, did, it doesn't have any gotcha? I don't think so. Dude, it tells you every five seconds to buy something. Like you'll just like be walking in town, and all of a sudden it'll be like, "Hey, we can do that quicker if you buy this for five ninety nine." And I'm like, "Please, please make this stop, well, it please." It isn't. Well, it's not as aggressive as I've seen in other games. I don't know, man. Like I didn't even ask for it to give uh, me an know. ad. Like at least the other games are like, "It's time to show you an ad." Like this one's like. Fuck it, you're in the middle of, like, talking to someone, and all of a sudden a text box pops up. You want 25 no, crystals no. or 50 what bucks? I, well, what like, I think of ads, <laughs> I think of ads, I think of, like, you have to watch this boring video about another game on the platform for, for 30 seconds for free. So it doesn't have anything oh, like yeah, that. no. But see, at least you get something at the end of that. But at least you get something at the end of that. That That is why my biggest issue with this game, is it, it makes it go where, like, I told Joe, so, like, we talked mm -hmm. about The Abyss. You go, it's a great, I think the Abyss is a fantastic mechanic, and I would love it in Skyrim, to just have a random generated dungeon that I can just walk through with my character, whatever level there are, and just see how many floors I can go down and survive. Fantastic idea. But when you first do the Abyss, I went from floor 1 to 6, and at, at floor 7, it said if I killed everything in floor 7, basically, I was going to get a gold chest. I'm like, I'm on it, I'm going to try, I died. I'm like, shit, okay, well, I'm not high enough level, I'll go back out. I go back out, level up a bit, go back down again. Now at this point, I get up to floor 7. Floor 8, it tells me if I kill everything, I get a gold chest. And I'm like, but wait a second, you said if I would have earned everything in floor 7. So what you're really doing is you're putting that gold, and I'm like, okay, this time I've got revival scrolls, I'm going to use as much shit as I can to get it. And I still didn't make it. But that's where the game lies in an issue, is that there's certain things that it puts behind this wall where once you get to a point in the game, like I'm at a point in the game where I'm having, to, like I look at my missions, like my main missions and my jobs and everything. And it's like, Hey, four stars and five stars. Sweet. So super difficult or ultra difficult. What do I choose to do? And the only way to not do that is to have really good gear or battle in the arena. And that's my, the one issue I have is even when you look at clans, clans are based upon how many arena wins they have so they've kind of put it towards this multiplayer where the whole purpose of what you're doing is to kill just to battle someone else and win and i'm like that kind of sucks i would really wish that a clan was based on uh like kalai could focus like i'm like okay kalai you need to build your town to be the smith village of utopia and i'm going to build a alchemy t village of utopia and then joe's going to build like the housing market and all together our clan has like the best weapons and the best smithing around because of what we do, but really, you never get recognized for that. It's just how many people we kill in arena. I see. Yeah, so, the game has, but I still the play game it. Has come far since it premiered on uh, 
the phones. Yeah. One of. Yeah, well, you played it on the phones, Kali, so give your opinion. Yeah, on I'm all done with what I played, so let's switch on to you. Um, well, I want to just continue this discussion, and we'll go to somebody else. I, when they first premiered the game, one of the mechanics they had was the chest. The chest had a timer, and depending on what level, how long before it would open. But you can open it up faster with, of course, the green gems. It was the biggest complaint oh, in the damn. entire game. Shit they crystals? Got Those green shit mm-hmm. crystal gems that they have? And, you know, I notice... God I damn. notice I die a lot. So, you know, the question is, is... You know, I feel like they're purposely making stuff too hard. So I die, so then I have to buy revival skills, or you have to try to get better equipment. You can't... You have to smith your equipment, but you can't smith your equipment because you can't get the stuff you need to upgrade... <laughs> that's what i feel well yeah it's it's no it's it's invisible walls every five seconds it's like oh man i'm level level 12 now i can do everything no you can't because here's all this level 15 stuff but you need level 14 gear to beat the level 15 stuff but you're only level 12 and you really can't do any more missions because there's no more missions that'll give you enough experience to get to that level so you gotta go in the arena i'm like what the fuck like yeah (laughs) i was I have a full set of iron iron gear right now, and basically I can't upgrade it any further. And it's like my smith can't upgrade it because he needs a better, um, what is it? The stupid, uh, I can't remember the tempering. He needs a better tempering level, but it doesn't tell me how to get that tempering level to increase it so he can do that. But then to increase my shop, I had to build things for my town, and then it's like, oh well, I should just build houses. And it's like, oh that shouldn't take long. First house, one minute. Second house, ten minutes. Third house, hour and 45 minutes. Fourth house, four hours. I'm like, what is this? So, like, usually what I do to play this game right now, at the end of the day, before I decide to turn it off, I go to the the smith. I'm like, here, take this weapon, upgrade it, because you're going to take five hours. I don't give a shit. And I go and, like, upgrade some stuff, and then I walk away, because, like, it's just... No, 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 there's a better way. There's a better way, my friend. Alright, are you going to tell me not to play the game? <laughs> <laughs> it's a better way. Do you know the way? Do tell. Okay, what's the better? Kalai's good. It's cosplay. You can pick it up on any device. So while I'm at work, I go in, I start my smithing, <laughs> and three hours later, I upgrade and start my next smithing. And So instead of me waiting overnight, I'm doing it while I'm working. I don't want to have this shit on two devices. But no, see, no, yeah, uh, that's crap. Say, no, you're talking about you're you're talking about having this where I'm checking my phone every three hours or some device with this game on it every three hours so I can make sure my shits gets built right. You know, it's bad enough that in Animal Crossing I have to wait a day for something to get done, a physical day. But at least with Animal Crossing, I can go. You know what? Fuck it. I don't need to see my town for five five days. I'm gonna let my like. I came back the other day and it's like. Sweet, I haven't been here for five days. All my trees had fruit. I picked $80,000 worth of fruit. You know, all the shit that was supposed to be built was built. You know, I didn't have anything to worry about. Come back, they're like, hey, guess what? Uh, we're going to upgrade the shop. It's gonna. T- I hope you're not okay. You're okay with us taking two days. I'm like, fuck it, I'll leave you five. <laughs> so, so, Corey, what else have you been playing? Why don't you continue? For me, yeah, because, I mean, Blades, obviously, I've been playing that. Um, I beat uh, Golf Story. So, I mean, I talked about a little bit about this game before, like, Golf Story is super sweet. It's an RPG that's a golf game on Switch, and you guys really need to pick this up. Like, I know a lot of people don't like golf, 
but this game is just so good. It makes the golfing parts not that hard, but it's the little challenges and the little stories and the little nitbits it puts in is just what makes this game so good. And they're coming out with a new one called Sports Story, and it's supposed to come out like sometime this year, like hopefully soon. Like they said mid-year, so I'm I'm thinking like June. I'm thinking we're going to get it in June. I think that's the plan. I really hope that uh, I get a chance to play it when it comes out, which I hopefully should. I mean, Joe's going to be mad because I bought another game, but uh, it's going to happen. Um, I also, like we mentioned before, uh, the Mafia Trilogy, I bought that. Oh, good. Uh, so, uh, once again, yeah, I bought I bought it because I thought I would have to play one to play two, but one is very loosely attached to two. Uh, same thing I would deal with three being loosely attached to two. So I'm playing two right now, which I played originally on the PS3. So I'm actually getting further than I was on the PS3. So it's really nice to see the upgrade of mechanics of like there's it's a little bit more clearer, crisper. Uh, the car driving's not so oh terrible God, as it was in the God. original. Uh, the sound is you, like you, you never know, beat two good. No, like Joe, we talked I beat, about my I backlog. I beat two. Remember? Two is one of my favorite open world games. That's not a Grand Theft Auto game. As a matter of fact, we talked about three in that conversation as well, and how bad it was. Um, three is well, terrible. Well, actually, I wrote uh, some news for a website that I've been supporting, uh, Marooners Rock, and um, we, I got the press release from Two K Games. So thank you. So yeah, um, it's a heck of a it's a heck of a package, especially for those looking for a gangster. Italian mob type of experience. So the the catch is if you pre-order the game the trilogy right now, you get 2 and 3 available today. But the original is not available until August 28th. However, the original has been completely remade, nice. Uh completely remade from the ground up. So it's actually on the mo- the the original is now on the Mafia 3 engine. There's new um, scripts, new stories, new missions, uh, a completely redone dialogue or something like that, like additional dialogue. Uh, it's Everything about it is going to be gr- much better than it was because the game, the original release of Mafia came out in 2002 and then was ported to P- PS4, PS2 and Xbox in 2004. So... We're going back to a time when we still have flip phones, baby. So, uh, yeah, it needed a remake. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, th- hey, good, good. I mean, I got Mafia 3. It's on my backlog. I've been meaning to finish that. I've been meaning to finish Mafia 2. I've been working on that since I think I was in school when I was in college. So, um, one of these days in the Mafia t- Mafia 2 is worth playing. Everybody uh-huh. should play Mafia 2. I mean, it's probably one of the best. The last mission uh, I did open was... World, um, open World Gangster Games. The last mission I did was when... Where they're they're all they're all drunk and singing in the car. And oh, was, yeah. So good. Um, the characters in that were so good. In two, like the main character and his and his best friend were like the two. It, it, their dynamic was so good. Oh, game is so good. Can't yeah, wait to so play it again. So there's that. Um, You're killing me. You're killing me, Corey. Because now I want to friggin' buy it right now. I tell you, it's it's when I looked at the price, you think about it. I don't think the price of this bundle is going to go down until at least Boxing Day, if not later. And because it's a digital only game, I don't think it's going to go down that quick. And plus, right now, like I say, for the price you pay for Mafia 2 and 3 is what it costs for the bundle. So that means that either A, you're getting 
three for free, which uh, just so people know, the, the definitive edition of three that it comes with comes with all the DLC that wasn't included in the PS Plus version of the game that we have now. So just so everyone's aware, that's how that's matching up as well. So um, that's something good. But um, one of the other games I played, uh, just so we can continue on with that side of things, um, I also played some Division with Joe, you know, beating that. Um, I played one of the games I actually am really hooked on. Um, it does piss me off sometimes, but it's uh, Jurassic Park World or Jurassic World Evolution. I need, what a great game! I, have to play I love this still, game so but, much. Um, how is it? It's so good. It's 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 so good. The idea, the one thing I love about it is everything happens at the same time. It's my one of my biggest benefits of this game is that everything happens at the same time. So. Uh, your profit per minute is based on profit per minute. Uh, when you make research topic, when you research something or you do anything else, it's, you know, per minute. Um, and this, so the idea is with that, why it's so nice to have this all real time is it's not like Roller Coaster Tycoon and other things like that, where you build a bunch of stuff and then you push a fast forward button and you just let it go and just wait for something to happen. You're actually taking the time to do things while other things are going on. So you're constantly doing something during the time. And then they've got little missions that pop up uh, to do. That is one of the downsides I find with this is that to unlock certain things, you have to get rep with each. Uh, they have three different uh, main advisors, basically. You have your security, your entertainment, and your science. The problem is whenever you do something for one of them, it lo- loses rep for the other ones. So the problem is, is you go up four points with one of them, but then you go down two points with the other two. So when you start doing a bunch of security missions, everybody else hates you. But then when you do a bunch of science missions, everybody else hates you. So you have to either focus on one thing at a time, or you have to do one mission, one mission, one mission, one mission, one, and then they slowly grow up beside themselves. But other than that, I love it. I love the idea that we got DLC to go back to the original Jurassic Park, which I picked up. So that's really exciting. It was on. It's on sale right now. Uh, on sale right now. Not. It's eleven dollars. I think it's ten bucks to go back to the original park, and you get to what? restore it. That's your goal, and uh, it's actually super. Yeah, I'm gonna probably buy that when this this is over. Uh, I, I got to start this. So, <laughs> so that I mean, that's just an amazing game. And like I say, uh, for the price it was, it's a great game. Uh, it's too bad the game itself isn't on sale anymore. It's just the DLC, so, from um, what I can see. But I played one more game that I know I'm gonna I'm gonna Roberto this game because I know no one else here has played it, and well, I can I was, bet money on I, that. Um, I will bet money to, that. Um, ask you, uh, does does um, life um, find a oh. way? Does <laughs> um, life um, find find a way? It always does. Does life, life find, find a, way? a way? I'm trying to do the Ian Malcolm, you know Jeff Goldblum. I'm, I know what you were doing. Yes. God, oh, Corey, oh, you just yeah. lost your Jurassic Park privileges. Yes. Oh, my God. Spare no expense. <laughs> hey. The first movie was good. Second, Second movie, movie sucked. Was okay. third, third movie sucked. Well, let's get back to the games here. What was the last game? I, I want to hear this. So the last game, just so you guys can know, it's called Island Saver by Nat West. Ivan what? When did you play now, this? What, what are you playing this Island on? Saver. <laughs> I played it today. Oh, wait, is it another free game? <laughs> it's free. 
Is that a tycoon game? game. Okay. No. So the best part about this game is it's called Island Saver by Nat West. Now, the reason why it says by Nat West, Nat West is a bank. It's a bank bank simulator. So guess what I get to do? So what I get to do is as I'm going through this game, uh, it puts you in. It's a first person game where you're put on an island and you have to uh, clean it up. By taking your suction gun that you have and sucking up all the garbage and then spitting it into a recycling center that then gives you a doubloon. Now, it gives you one doubloon, but just to let you know, every 10 balloons you earn, you pay the tax man. He comes down and he flies and he steals your fucking money because the tax man always, you have to always pay your taxes. Now, when you pay your taxes, your that doubloon gets taken to the tax center. That tax center then takes that the, that money you've put into it and turns it into a tax dollars. Those tax dollars could be used to repair your recycle center when it goes down. It also could be used to build bridges what and help fuck? things. Now the cool thing is what you do. Wait, wait, is wait, wait, you wait. Take water you say from the what? ocean, and the cool thing is, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just wait, it gets better. So what you do is once you've taken all, cleaned up all the garbage. There's still a lot of oil smudges everywhere. So when you take the oil smudges, you have to go get some water and you spray some trees down and it allows everything to repopulate. Now, the animals, because of all the pollution, have lost all their color. So what you have to do is you have to make sure you clean the things that they would normally eat so they can eat the food and then they explode the, the blooms out of them afterwards and you harvest the, the blooms. Now, remember, you always have to give 10% to the tax man. Now, the best thing I love about this game is because it's made by a bank. So when you watch, you know how you like most games, they have that thing like when you're on the loading screen and it's telling you those little hints. It says like, hey, remember to whatever. Like, it's like, oh, make sure you check this to see. So it's like, hey, make sure you check the store to make sure that you have all the upgrades for your gun. I'm like, okay, that's a good hint. Didn't know there was a store in this game. The other one's like, oh, hey, just to let you know, make sure you clean things because that's how you get animals to things. And it says... Want to learn how to save... Did you know? Want to learn how to save money? Question mark. Visit this website. And it's the link to their... their their. It's the link to their website on building a savings account. And the best part is this game... Like one of the quotes was... Joe, you're going to love this quote. So you buy something from the online store. And you have this talking parrot that helps you through this entire game. So now when you buy something from the online store, it says Kiwi's... His name's Kiwi. His it's it's Kiwi's hot tip. It says buying things online is great, but don't buy things if you don't need them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's and the best part is when I go to the machine to deposit my money, I have to put a four I have to put a four digit pin code in with my controller. And if I forget my pin, I can't access my <laughs> bank account. <laughs> <laughs> take money <laughs> and then and then the best part at some point in this game i looked at the trophy list um depositing money is a certain one but applying for a bank loan is actually a trophy and then paying off the loan is another trophy and earning interest on my savings account so this entire game <laughs> to teach you how to actually save money about, <laughs> it's it's teaching you about recycling bottles to earn money to then take all the money you earn from that while well, you're paying the tax man to unlock a new area. So basically, it's like a life lesson. I've learned this game is like very deep. It's it's you're working really hard to go bring because bringing bottles to the bottle depot gives you fuck all for money. And that's what this game's teaching you. You get fuck all for money. Then you got to take all that money 
and you gotta bring it to unlock the new area, which just means you have to p pick up more shit and more garbage to then earn just a little bit more money, but then you still have to go to the next area. And then the tax man's just, like, I had the rhino come in, and the rhino came, and he gave me, like, 300 doubloons for, like, feeding him. And then I got to ride him because it, it was funny. The, the mission was, it's like, you have to feed the rhino from afar because he doesn't believe you're his friend yet. And then you feed him. He's like, you fed him. He's happy now. He believes you're his friend. You can ride him now. And I'm like, that's that's pretty much life. Um, and then he had 300 doubloons he gave me. And then the tax mans are just like coming out of the sky and they're like stealing all my money. I'm like, fuck you, tax man. You ain't taking my money. And I'm trying to suck it up as quick as I could. But they, they always take your man money, the tax man. This sounds but yeah. It doesn't oh, have a platinum. I doesn't have a platinum. I was gonna say it doesn't have, a, but it does have a trophy, so it can't be hundred percent completed. So, um, definitely looking at hundred percent in this game. Sounds like I'm gonna power through the cleaning and the garbage. And they have a dino pack for seven dollars. This sounds like uh, like third world country, <laughs> the the simulator. Well, the the best part I love about this is it's made by because I I didn't know what the company was. I'm like, there's I'm like, why the hell would a game in the title of the game, have by Nat, Nat West. Like, it's in the title of the game. It's not like it's the developer. It's in the title. So if you look at the full title of the game, it's Island Savings by Nat West. Mm -hmm. But it's great. The idea that Bank made a game. It's like we're going back to Check Quest. Just, just this is Bank's. Making us games. It's almost like PETA games. Anybody else played the PETA oh, games? Definitely yeah. not. Hilarious. Can we move on from the PETA games? Oh, okay. I guess we'll talk to Joe about what he's playing that's not I Island one, but Savings. We move I mean, on. guess who's going to be saving? Yeah. Oh, we do. Yeah, so okay, this week, I will. Yeah, this week, last week, since I've been on the show for two weeks, but I'll go quickly. Um, I finished Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Uh, I clocked in about 65 hours to beat it. I loved every minute of it, except for finding frozen rabbit meat, because that was bullshit, and it doesn't tell you where it is. And even though it does tell you where it is, it's still impossible to find. Um, I can say my takeaways from the game are that I love the fact that they remade the original story of Dragon Ball Z and did it very faithfully. And it looks gorgeous. Drawbacks, uh, the fetch quest, the endless fetch quests in that game are, get monotonous after a while. You can only help so many villagers so many times before you want to tell them to fuck off. But you can't do that because to progress the story, you need to do the fucking fetch quests. So it's like you, you it's like this endless loop of fetch quests and then fighting. Um it it suffers the same flaw that most Dragon Ball Z games suffer, which is like once you get far enough in the game, you find this one power that's overpowering and you can just kill everything without even doing anything else. And I learned a glitch which I talked to Corey about in the game where like if you stand far enough back <laughs> when you're fighting things like if you if you knock like cell all the way across the map and then you get him on the ground and he has to get up you just back all the way across the map and then you just you just spam like energy balls at him until he dies and he can't even touch you and the computer's so dumb that they don't fly back across the map to come get you they just stand there so you just sit there and spam fireballs like crazy um what else did i play this week i played um i played division with Corey, so we're trying to, he's trying to help me and um our buddy brandon the, he's they're trying to help me finish up the campaign for any of you who haven't played division it's pretty awesome uh ubisoft's pretty good at making these these uh serve games and service games now i think that um uh, 
I think that anybody who doesn't have Division should pick it up now. I think it's like 40 bucks on sale right now on PSN until the end of the month. And you get uh, the second game. I think you get the first game. And you get all the DLC. Is that right, Corey? No, you just get... So what you get is you get the Gaze New York uh, expansion, which people say is like a its own game. Um, and then you get the full version oh, okay, of it. okay. So the idea that I would have to buy it just to have the DLC right now at this point is that's the cost of the DLC. You're getting the base game as well, plus all the DLC. Like, that's a $100 package. So it's, it's definitely something to So while, while playing Division, since the Division has, like, long-ass loading screens, I also started playing Mortal Kombat 11 on the Switch, which I bought it mostly because I, I love Mortal Kombat 11 and I wanted to play it again. Um, Actually, a friend got it for me. Like, he just... Like was like, hey, it's on sale. Pick this up for you. I know you're not supposed to buy any games. So I was like, oh, sweet, man. Thanks. And, um... Yeah, it's pretty cool. But he bought it for me way back in the beginning of the year. And, uh, so I finally started playing it. And I have to say, it's not as bad as people say it is, but it's also a mess. It's really? a mess. Okay, so you got it on the Switch or the P- or another system? I have, I have it on both. So I bought it on PS4 on launch day because it came out, like, two years ago. Like, the day before my birthday or the day of my birthday so i got it and i get every mortal kombat on launch day because i'm a huge mortal kombat guy but okay. i destroyed the game like four days you can ask cory he was like yeah. oh you already I remember yeah i destroyed it and i had like i think i had like 73 percent of the trophies done in four days and i was like all right i'm done playing this and then when it came out on switch i was like you know what i really kind of want to experience this especially the tower mode of the game for those of you who don't know that they added this mode where there's towers and you it, it was actually an x and xl but it was done better in this game so the towers pose different challenges in the old style classical uh, arcade tower system where like you fight one guy and then you move up the ladder but the cool thing about these towers are they unlock cosmetics so you have to complete them to get different um different masks different um uh, outfits for your characters different weapon weapon skins all that stuff is all cosmetic but they added so many in that it's like there's so many for each character and a lot of them can only be unlocked by doing specific towers and some of them are really hard and they're time-based so that's what really fucking sucks so like they're like time-based and they switch over every some of them switch hourly some of them switch daily and some of them switch like every three to four hours because the harder ones are open for longer Right. But it's 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 a really awesome game. If you have a Switch and you don't have a PS4, I would say pick it up. If you if you have a PS4 or any other system, I would say pick up pick up the game now. I mean, it's it's on sale pretty much everywhere. And then the uh, expansion comes out, I believe, next week, and that's forty dollars. And it's going to be a whole full blown um, extra story. That's apparently a a good chunky piece of content. I think it's like an eight or nine hour story. So it's, just, it's I think it's just as long as the story from the last one. It's not it's not a short ordeal. Um, rumor has it that this was supposed to be a sequel and something happened and they're just putting it out as DLC now instead of putting it out as the next installment in the Mortal Kombat franchise. That's rumor. That's not, that's not anything I've I have any clarification on. But that's the heavy rumor is that they wanted to make another game, but instead they decided to just put it out as another set of DLC because now the big thing with fighting games is having season passes yeah so the two that do it the best i think are probably mortal kombat and street fighter i mean street fighter fucked up with the way that what smash 
Um, Smash. Yes and no. Um, S- Smash is great and all, but I'm really sick of all the non-Nintendo characters, and I want more Nintendo characters. I want them to pick some of the lesser-known Nintendo characters and add them into Smash. I'm sick of all these like cameos from franchises that have nothing to do with Nintendo, or have only been on a Nintendo console, and that's why they're there. Like, because they're a third-party game. Oh, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying on the idea that that every all their content they've been out for God, however long now, and they every six months they have a new season pass of some type that brings up more characters and levels. I, well, and everything I think else. the coolest thing not, not to get on change about Smash, but the cool thing about the Smash DLC was that every DLC update they added another mode back that was missing from the Smash game when it came out. Like they added the baseball, the home run derby. They added Target Smash. They added. They added. They just kept adding things as they kept adding characters, which fleshed out the game into this much more complete package than it originally was. Um, did any of you guys play Mortal Kombat 11? Besides, I think Corey did, right? I've been meaning. Did you to finish? Did. I haven't. Yeah. Did you play X? Did you play I X, uh, Roberto? No. Uh, I play X first because X bleeds into 11. And you won't know what's happening if you don't play it first. I mean, I, I think it actually does recap the entire game in like four minutes before it starts. But, but it's it, it, it does it does if you put it, it gives you an option to pick that you didn't. Yeah, play the it's other one before, it's worth so it though. I really think it's worth it to play both of them because you get a much more complete story. But I w- I would say if you have a Switch and you want a fighting game that's decent, I would say pick it up. It does have a lot of gl- graphical glitches and like slow down because it's a very it's a very demanding game for the Switch. It's a game that probably should have never made it to the switch i'm glad that they attempted to port it and like kind of dumb it down so it could play on the switch but like i said if you have a switch and you don't have a ps4 something it's definitely something you should look into um other than that i played one of the one of my favorite games on ps3 and one of my favorite games on ps4 and um i'll give you a hint of what it is but uh, you guys might want to turn your microphones down a little bit jason jason Jason? Jason! Have you guys ever played Heavy Heavy Rain? Rain? Yeah. So I played Heavy Rain, and I was about like a third of the way through it on PS4. So I popped it back on this weekend, and I beat like eight chapters in one sitting, because that game, the chapters are real quick. Like, the cool thing about um, Quantum Dream games is, while they're very good games, and they're very, um, they're graphically heavy, and the stories are great, they're not very long games because of how intense the graphics are and how great the gameplay is. But I really wish there was a more media experience from them. Like I want something that's like, I feel like they took a step in the right direction when they made um, Detroit become human because that was a beefier experience. It was a longer game. It was way longer than heavy rain was. So does anybody want to share their experience with heavy rain? I mean, I played it when it first came out for the PS3, and I felt that really at the time it was something that no one had ever done before. I mean, it was a game where uh, everything you did had con- consequences. Like, you could kill every main character, and you could finish the game like that. Like, there was no, hey, if I screw this up, I have to go back to a checkpoint and redo something. No, if you it screwed up. something up, you dealt with the yeah, consequences. Yeah, it's really cool. The butterfly. The- so, I mean, that was my. It's really cool because the butterfly effect really works in that say, game. Yeah. Roberto, have you ever played Heavy Rain? I've been meaning to. Um, I, I, I do have Beyond Two Souls, and I, I have to still work on Detroit Become Human, but, I mean, it looks really cool. Um, I like the, the concept, and I like the 
the visuals and the storytelling apparatus. So it's like it's one of those one of those games to beat down. I mean, it really it has a really great story. I mean, the Origami Killer is really cool. It's a really cool story and concept. Kalai, have you played Heavy Rain? Definitely not. The only I think game I played from them is Quantum Break. What? No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, a different no, developer. I meant Detroit becomes sin. Detroit yeah. become yeah. Yeah, because okay. you didn't. It's you been didn't, a long day. You okay. didn't play Beyond Two Souls, did you? It's a long day for Kalai. What's that? You didn't play Beyond Two Souls, did you? No. I mean, we have we have gotten all their games That's for okay. free. That's the cool thing. Like over the last like year, PSN has given away both Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls. So and and Detroit Become Human, they've given all three away within the last year. Yeah. So you should have all three if you guys do what every gamer should do every month, which I keep telling you every month. And if you guys don't listen, I don't know why. Is every time those new games show up, you put them in your you download them. At least they're in their library. If you ever want to go back and play them later, you can. But really, that's all I've been playing. Kalai, what have you been playing? Well, wait, Joe, you forgot about one game. Your beat em up. up. (gasps) Oh, yeah, I beat Streets of Red. And that is one of the. I actually, you know what? We'll talk about Streets of Red next week because I don't want to take up any more time because it's. We're we're really far into the show at this point. So, Kalai. So, after beating a major, huge RPG. I had no desire to play anything that isn't quick and easy. So for the past week, I've been addicted to Void Bastards in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I've been playing Children of Morta, which are both two different types of the same coin because they're both roguelites. Upon Roberto's recommendation, I really, really enjoy Void Bastards. If you have Xbox Game Pass, it is on PC. So you can download it. Uh, I like the fact that it takes things from like Rogue Legacy. Because your characters have different traits. And those traits could be good. They could be bad. Like the first character I started with. uh, He was a smoker. So he randomly coughed and created. uh, Attracted the enemies. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's. It, I have to just you know sing the praises again. It's it's a great game, and it just sinks your teeth into you, and you just you want to just keep playing. And it's just it, once again, I just I love the style. I love the visuals. I like how it's that genuine cosmic sci-fi that feels like Rick and Morty ish or um, something like Futurama. Actually, to me, I get a more comic book vibe off of it. Well, like yeah, well, like but the animation, like it, it, it just reminds me of it. That I mean, that's the point because it's in gra- it's a comic book form. And but I always have like just because of the genuine silliness, like you have to get a an HR computer and stuff like that. It feels like something that would fit really well within the context of Futurama or Rick and Morty. And then Children of Morta is an amazing hack and slash uh, roguelike game. It's couch co-op. Sure and is. If you have somebody to play with. It's a lot of fun. So this week I started it. Because I got it for Steam for my birthday. It is also on Xbox Game Pass, both for PC and uh, console. I started it on Steam, fell in love with it. After four hours of playing, I went downstairs and downloaded off Xbox Game Pass to my husband's PC, and I made him play with me Thursday night. We then played Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday morning. (laughs) So we're a little addicted. Also, by having it on Steam, it does take advantage of the Steam Couch Co-op. So, 
Corey uh, jumped in with me and played a little bit of uh, of the game with me. I sure did. Do you like it? I I I I will admit it was kind of cool the uh, the the way the Steam machine worked in order to make it so I could play games with Kalai, and it's like share play but better. Yeah. I mean, I I know it's a sad day that I have to admit that certain things are better on PC, but I mean that was bound to happen. They've had more time at it. So that makes sense. But uh, it was a neat experience and I did like the game. I actually thought about picking it up myself. Um, I'm just hoping that they are uh, continuously updating the game as well. So I'm really hoping that the developers are looking at doing an online or some type of uh, online way of playing. But it's hard to do because with the way of watching how that game plays with Kalai, uh, it really it's like Dragon's Crown where your characters are your characters. And so to have someone else come into the game with their characters, it just would kind of throw off the off-put of the, the game the way that it plays. So. And, you know, the fun part about playing it on Steam was, uh, first of all, his, your, his computer isn't that very good, and he could still run the game, which is really nice. Second of all, I used an Xbox controller because I'm an Xbox person. He used the PlayStation com- computer uh, controller. Yeah, controller. because he's a PlayStation guy, so he's like, "What button does this?" I'm like, "The A button." He's like, "It." I, I don't know the A button. I'm like, "Well, you're just gonna have to press buttons because I I don't know what they are on the PlayStation." <laughs> so, then I was like, "Hey, look! I figured out this button's the square." And Kali's like, "The what?" I'm like, "Yep, yeah, that's okay." <laughs> It'd be like your X button. She's like, "X button," but that's your bottom button. I'm like, "No, I know. It's confusing, Kali. We're okay. We'll make it through this." Yeah. That game's also on Switch. That game's and also on Switch, correct? It's on everything, yeah. It's on PlayStation, it's on Switch, I think, as well. I mean, it's a fun... I would buy it almost on the Switch with the way this game plays. Yeah, yeah it would be a good Switch game. I do need to play that more, but uh, from what I played, I, th- I thought it was brilliant that that was a focus on family and how family works, you know? So, um, but yeah. Yeah, be- because here's an here's an interesting concept, Joe, of the game. Did you play any of the game? Joe? No, I, I haven't. I haven't tried it out. I I know our our former host of the show, uh, Matt Murray, like loves this game. It was probably like his favorite game he played last year. Um, he he sung its praises. I know he reviewed it. I believe for dual screens, so he played it on the Switch. So he said it was great. Right. So you have like five or six family members that open up as you go through the campaign. Okay. And each family member has their own tree of skills. After each first ground level skills, once you get into that first you, you get enough points, you open up the next level of skills. As soon as you hit any of the characters' second level skills, there's an ability that they give to every fem- family member. So you want to go around and play every character and level every character because then you best- take their traits and bestow it onto your other character's traits. So it was really interesting. It was the first time I ever wanted to play multiple characters in a game. That's cool. So like it's like a family tree, basically. Yes. That's that's fucking cool. I like that concept. Um, I just saw it's like twenty five bucks on Switch. I'll probably wait till it goes on sale, but I'm definitely gonna pick it up. So yeah, now I'm getting minus one. That. Thanks, thanks guys. Mm-hmm. Fucking thanks. All right. So let's hop into our community questions because for whatever reason. You guys love to answer Joe. Hey, I uh, only ask six questions. Okay, so so before you do this, all right, 
full disclosure, um, I wasn't going to be on tonight's show. So I kicked the question. I like to kick the question uh, thread into gear by asking a whole bunch of questions first. Plus, these are questions I really wanted you guys to answer because it's stuff that I want to know the answer to from you guys. So I won't even answer some of these or maybe I will. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. All right. So the first question from Joe is, what is your favorite platformer of all time? Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm, I don't. Which, I mean, yeah, which they, one? That's a tough one. I'd say CD, just because. Okay. Um, I like that. It's just it's whimsical. It's it's an elegant game. The music just hits you. The, Dude, the that level so much like everything you could possibly want from just a Sonic game, a fantasy platformer. There's just so much to to breathe in with Sonic CD. Um, that will always have a special place in my heart. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I would just jump right away to like the games I actually played, where I had a lot of fun with, like the uh, Crash or the Spyro collection. Um, like Spyro: Year of the Dragon, I played that shit out of that game. I loved it. And I mean, I don't know if you would. It's it's 3D platformer technically, if we want to go that route. But I, mean, I just said platformer, 2D, so you you got a pretty I open. Mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Being a, just a platformer, I mean, the Spyro: Year of the Dragon would probably be mine. If not, it'd be Crash Bandicoot Warped. Being that those games are just like I just I just love I've always loved those games. They're just they're just got a little place in my heart. I would say what about you, I'd Kali? Say the original Mario game. Which one would be your favorite though? If you had to pick Ooh. one. First. Oh the boy, first one? We're... Okay. First I love that one. game. Um uh, if uh. if I had to give an answer, which I will, um, I would say Super Mario Super Mario World on <laughs> Super Nintendo. I think it's by far one of the best mm. platformers Nintendo's ever made. Like period. Speaking of Mario, good. speaking of Mario, the next question is, what is the best 3D Mario game of all time? The 3D yeah. one? And to me, that's easy. I'll answer. Mario 64. Uh, yeah, I'd, answer. I'd say so, like, cause just because there's never, it's kind of like Sonic Adventure, like, you'll never, ever know what it was like to see a character that has lived his life in two-dimensional format suddenly appear 3d that's a feeling no one will ever be able to have on this planet like we lived through that and that was really cool to experience that the first time when you hooked up your nintendo 64 you put that cartridge in you hit the you hit that you push that button up and you're like and it was a me mario and you played around his face and you're like Mm -hmm. oh man this is freaking dope and then you hit the button and it started and then all of gaming changed in that very moment. Like, it's a very, very, like Roberto said, it's a very um, pivotal moment in gaming. I think we've all played it. In all honesty, that's the only uh, 3D Mario it's not, game I've ever It's not played, my favorite, so. So, or, or the one I think the best is. I think the best is the most underrated in the series, which is um, Super Mario Sunshine. I think that game is amazing. Okay. Yeah, see, I never, I never, I never played. I, I think it's amazing. I think it gets a really know. bad rap because Mario was pretty much uh, put on um, community service, and he had to clean up all the all the shit that was all over everything in in Delfino Island. So I understand why people give it a bad rap, but it took what sixty four did and magnified it, and it made the stars more challenging and and changed them to shines. But 
it was pretty much the same concept. It was cool to see them take that same concept that worked with 64 and just expand on it in Sunshine and make it better in my estimation. Um, if I had to give a second answer real quickly, I would say Super Mario um, Super Mario 64 3D. I think that's what it's called. Or DS. That is amazing. Yeah, the DS. Yeah. One where they add the four playable characters and you play as Yoshi and you have to save everybody. Very cool spin on Super Mario 64. If you haven't played it, it's a pretty... It's a pretty cool uh, port of Mario 64 on the on the 3D on the DS. It was cool that they could get that to run on the DS. Uh, and now a follow up question from uh, Frosty, for whatever reason, asked if we've played Days Gone yet. Who wants to? Uh, yes. Yet. No. Yes, Corey, you want to go first? Um. I wish there was more to really hold me to this game. Like we just we talked about Elder Scrolls and the idea that it lets you do anything. This game, I don't know. Like I have not played enough of it to really feel the. It, it just feels like there's so much to do, but it, it's whole. It's forcing you to go a certain direction, and I have a really hard time. So with games it like came that. out a really bad time. So it came out in 2018 on my birthday. It came out on April 26th. Came out on my birthday. It came out two days after Mortal Kombat 11, and I believe a week or two weeks after um, Detroit Become Human. So it came out at a really bad time where I was playing two bigger games at the time. But honestly, I was just playing Mortal Kombat when it came out. I played that game. I played Days Gone for about maybe eight hours, and I beat a bunch of the story. And I was like, you know what? The story's really grabbing me. I like it. I like where the story is. But the game was just so relentlessly difficult just because of the way the mechanics work in the game. And I won't go too deep into that because we have so many other damn questions to answer. But to answer your question, yes, I've played it. Okay, so the next three questions are specific to each host. Do you want me to ask myself the question, Joe, oh, or do you want to ask me my question? I gotta bring. No, I'll bring it up. Can, Hold on. Here, ask yourself, oh, Kalai. Ask myself, Joe. But you gotta do it. But no, no, no. But you gotta do it imitating no, don't be an Joe. Ass. No, no, no. Or, hey, wait, let's make it funnier, because I know Kalai will make fucking hilarious shit out of this. Okay, Kalai, do it imitating me. Because <laughs> Kalai always does a great... No, no, I'll ask Kalai, because this is, this is like the one question I always want to know the answer from Kalai, so this question is for Kalai. Okay. okay, so Kalai, do graphics really matter that much? Wouldn't you rather have a more complete game with better gameplay than a beautiful one with broken gameplay and mechanics? I like how you wrote this question, Joe, and you had to look it up to read. <laughs> I don't remember things from five hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, back to Kalai. Sorry, Kalai. All right. Graphics do not matter when it comes to gameplay. Gameplay to me is the most important thing. It's why I have a lot of problem with the Sony exclusives, because their graphics are so amazing. Their stories are so good, but they're marred with terrible gameplay. And that's what I have a problem with. Are you telling Spider-Man's terrible? Spider-Man, I actually kind of liked. I didn't like all of the side quests. I thought a lot of the side quests were fetch quests and stupid quests that they just tacked on to make the game longer. I disagree. Okay. I, and I, I want to I ask you a question, Kalai. Can you find another exclusive for another company that has better gameplay? Well, I'm big into the first-person shooters. So for me, I like Gears of War. Yeah, Halo. I would say Gears of War. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you said you said first-person shooters. Well, that's a third-person shooter, but I like shooters. 
So for me, I have more fun with the gameplay of um, Gears of War. Yeah. Gears. Um, now, just to add to this, if I had the choice between playing a good game with good graphics on PS4 or a good game with good graphics on my PC, I will pick my PC. Because to me... To, yeah, yeah, 100%. Exactly. So that's why I played Control on my PC, because the graphics were way better with the ray tracing and everything. So I got a glimpse of what it's going to look like on the PS5. Well, and you have to have that, you know, You, in all honesty, when you spend that much money, when anyone spends any money on a PC, you really have to kind of, in all honesty, make it do something other than just sit there. Like, I know when I looked at building a PC, that was my big thing. It's like, okay, I'm going to put out $1,500 to build a PC. What can I do on this that's going to make it worth more than just the $1,500 I spend on it? Because that's the big thing you have to look at. And I I tell you, if you're going to build a PC nowadays and just build a run-of-the-mill, here's your basic PC for $400 or $600, and then you're like, sweet, it can play all the things my PS4 can play. It's like you really have to have another purpose for that p- that machine. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm into PC so much is because my PC just plays everything, and that's what I like. Kali's got to make up that Kali privilege on the PC. Hey, we don't make. You're not allowed to make fun of the Kali privilege. Remember? <laughs> I'm you saying bet, it's a good once thing. Once you benefit See, like from I, it, like I said you, the Kali privilege is. I'm not making fun of it. I'm saying the idea is Kalai's got to, like, with that Kalai privilege, she has the privilege over any one of us to see actually what running games on a good PC is like. Joe, do you have a good PC that can run no, but even if I, Max? But even Probably if I did not. have a PC, like, for me, it's like, I play games on console because that's why I feel like they should be played. Like, games are made to play on video game consoles. They weren't made to play on PC. PC is made to do fun. They're made to create movies, create graphics. I don't think they're made to play video games. Okay, okay, so so just I, I wanted to pull okay with this question being on the loop. I, wait, I don't, Kawhi. I don't think games are games just wait, PC, just wait, just wait. Joe, 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 I have I, I have I've pulled up, I researched again because you know I had to defend the the PlayStation name. So I looked up some stats now in 2018 because they didn't do this for 2019 because everyone was worried about something else other than just you know the amount of money that gaming made in a year. In 2018, we had $66 billion in the gaming industry. Of that, 21% was consoles. Now, Kalai goes, ha ha, that means 80% was PC. No, 49% of that was mobile gaming. Now, both Kalai and me can agree. Let's just push that 47% off a fucking cliff, let it burn and die. Let's just split the other half, that, that, that other percentage that's between consoles and PlayStation. Now, here's the thing. Consoles have been picking up in pace. Consoles are actually becoming more of the market compared to PC players. But here's the difference. And this is something that I've read up. I've researched. There's actually a couple articles on it. We're coming to a point where console gaming is built for the person that does not want to spend money to build an amazing PC. The people that are building those $1,000 PCs are going to move to console. All of them are. Because we're getting to a point where your PS5 and your Xbox One Series X are going to run game. Everything's coming out for everything. Except for exclusives. And there's a lot of games that are coming Wait, out now for you? PS5 and Xbox. Can I correct you? Sure. Except exclusives for PlayStation. 
That's what you I mean. Said, so PlayStation's getting you said its own. That everything exclusive. Well, I mean, the PlayStation exclusives—they've pretty much shown their hand mean. now that they're moving everything to PC at this point. It's just time exclusive. No, no, no. There's no, there's no proof. No, 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 no. The the third party exclusives are moving to PC. There's nothing proving that there's first party exclusives moving to PC. Didn't they? Or one, didn't, it, didn't they? Go ahead. Didn't they have a graphic that had God of War on PC and then Sony took it down apparently? Because they didn't want people to see it. Well, that's the thing. But there's no. But yeah. So what I'm saying is, there's no proof of any of it. Bloodborne like today. Rumors. There's there's today. a thing. What what about the the, the, but, but, the, the the mailman simulator? Yeah, mailman simulator's coming. It's a PS4 exclusive, which Sony. No, but what I'm saying is, Sony a third pays party for company. that third party so company. Are... The fuck are you talking about? No, pay... Sony paid. No, p- Sony paid for the exclusive rights. They did no, the no, no, Xbox no. thing. It's different when they it's did the different Xbox. when Sony no, does it. It's... They no. pay for the exclusive rights, but they also no. Sony doesn't for, own that. They also paid for a portion of that game to be made. You can look it up. Yeah, but I'm I'm getting that, which gives them the exclusive rights to however many years. That's what I'm getting at. The PlayStation did the Xbox thing. They pulled an Xbox, which I I don't want to admit that they pulled an Xbox, but they did. They it's did like, a Halo. They did a hundred percent of Halo, 5, right? Kind of, yeah. No, where no, they no. bought Sony the rights to the produce rights the to game and it's. Sony paid no, for the development of the, the entire game. Yeah, I know, but which, which, like I say, it's a good and a bad thing. It's nice to see that Sony's helping developers produce really good fucking games that we wouldn't have if Sony didn't put their money in. But at the same time, it means everyone else gets the benefit. Oh, and another one, it. Horizon Zero Dawn. Like that's coming to PC this year. So fuck off with your exclusives not coming to PC. Let me wrap up this question. I'm not saying Let all of them, but, but, but what I was going to say is Until- either way, it's going to be low end, it's going to be high end PC people that are going to still pee PC, but I think we're going to see more people. Okay, Roberto, you laughed. I want to hear your Done. response now. Go. Um, I'm going to make this brief because Kalai wants to, us to move on. I think that, you know, okay, compute th- this. So, Joe, I got to disagree with you because comp- the very first video games began on computers. And since then, they have paved the way for consoles to exist. So to, to play a game on a PC is to celebrate the history of video games. Now, I honestly think fanboyism is, du- is dumb, overrated, and should be dissolved the way... Um, shit, what's dissolves? Like, it's kind of like a grease stain and you put like... Salt and water. Yeah, it's like... When you get, like, a grease stain and you put, like, that Dawn soap, that real tough Dawn soap on the grease, like, it should be wiped away. That's fan the fanboyism to me. PC, you know, if that's your thing, good. I mean, me, the other day we talked about it. It's like me. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm very familiar with computers and how they work, and, and I'm a good technical support agent at my day job. Um, however, I just, I get nervous, and I don't want to risk around moving around with a graphics card and messing that up or something you know or i'm the same way hundred dollars in a graphics card but i am someone that's like okay you know playing on a tablet or a pc that's cool some of the smaller games but if you like to play killing floor and crisis on the big and you know have real big adventures on the pc that's cool too and then the nice thing about video games is that it's an adaptable and accessible medium so that's where gaming consoles exist if you don't want to deal with spending you know with that kind of thing with the computers you can just get a console that does everything at once so it's like you know in the end there really isn't a master race there's just 
people who play video games their own way and have fun and enjoy themselves. So 100% of the market my aspect there. And as for exclusives and things like that, exclusives do matter. Um, I remember the fanboyism back in 2008 or nine, when final fantasy 13 was coming to Xbox and everyone was like, this is the end of exclusives because we stole Sony's exclusive. <laughs> but anyway, um, see you that, mean the that, one they stole from Nintendo. Are, well, you get what I'm trying to get at here. That the gremlins <laughs> of the internet that think this is all one big dominate domination match, and it's just nah, dog. It's just people finding new channels and avenues and gateways, and just trying to get things out to more people. Exclusives do matter. I think PlayStation has had some of the best exclusives this generation this far, at more frequency. I mean, have things been perfect? No. I mean, the Days Gone was you know peop- I haven't played it yet. People were like, eh, but I think honestly the eh part was that we're kind of over zombies at this point. Walking Dead kind of did that for us, so. Um, but I heard it was still a good game, and plus I want to support them so they can make a siphon filter game. And, you know, I, I think gameplay, you know, is never going to be perfect. It's just, you have to just make it work and, and make it count and make it, you know, do what you got to do. Uh, flaws get noticeable, and but some people find a ways, means around those flaws, you know, and. Um, now, as for Microsoft, I mean, they're poised to have maybe the, the best generation they've ever had since they began gaming in this business with the Game Pass system in place with some of the studios they've acquired. They are in a really good position to hopefully not screw up. I mean, because remember, they spent uh, well, how much was it like 200 something million dollars to acquire Rare? And the only okay. thing they were able to, to fart out was just Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts. And then for 10 years, we didn't get anything until the 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 collection and then we the got collection? you know see if <laughs> no we got we got uh what was it uh friggin' Xanimals and all those fucking camera games right there's that yeah. too so i think like yeah. that that possibility could still happen which i'm hoping it doesn't i mean maybe this was growing that that was a growing no thing, i so. i agree yeah. i think we're on the anyways. precipice of the greatest generation in video game history right. i do anyways um Kali, uh please let's continue I just wanted to say one more thing, but I kept getting cut off. Oh, I'm sorry. I one of sorry for that. One of the big reasons I wanted to go to PC is I'm getting tired of, you know. Okay, I had to I had to spend, you know, five hundred dollars on a PlayStation, five hundred dollars on an Xbox, plus the controllers, plus everything else, so I could play this exclusive, that exclusive. With the Game Pass, I'm pretty much able to play most of the games I want on my PC. So I would rather put that money into a PC and not have to buy systems down the line. So, but hundred percent, you still need to buy a PlayStation. No, I don't. <laughs> Joe, what's the next question? Because I believe this question is for Roberto. Uh, it yeah, it, it is for Roberto. Uh, Roberto, will you ever play the? La- oh, Roberto, will you ever beat Kingdom Hearts three? Oh no, wait, wait, wait. No, that's hold on. Hard. There's so many goddamn questions. Um, Roberto, what genre would you like to see Kojima tackle that he hasn't done yet? Well, um... See, I gave you a good question. Right. I mean, he did do science fiction with Zone of the Enders. He did do military-type stuff with Middle Gear, which was also science fiction and a tad bit of fantasy when you think about it. You could think game genre, too. It doesn't have to be a tactical espionage game. It could right, be anything right, you but, want uh, to still, be. Still, um... It's tough because the game, the Metal Gear games paved the way for so much. Um, I'd like to see him tackle more mech, mech stuff. Um, That'd be just, cool. Yeah, like just 
maybe within a realistic combat situation or or something or on another planet. Like I think that would be pretty cool. He That's definitely, awesome. I'd like to space travel, space exploration, that type of thing would be pretty neat. I mean, Zoe the Enders is a nice foray into that. Um, I like to see him handle um tactical strategy. You know, maybe uh, reintroduce front mission, perhaps with a better story. That'd be um, cool. I was thinking RPG, man. What if Kojima made a mech RPG? Yeah, like maybe something story. Maybe something about transcendent humanity, cyborgs, people uploading maybe. their consciousness to something. Um, I think he could have a ball with that kind of a storyline and plot. Uh, fantasy could also work. Um, maybe a, a retelling of King Arthur in a sense that would be pretty neat. Um, like because King Arthur. It's in, um well not to get, get not to turn into a weeb here a bit but um so I I'm a big I'm big into anime I'm I'm big into this anime called Fate Stay Night and it's kind of like Star Wars in the sense of yes you have, uh, master okay I, so I understand so you have like masters and their servants that fight in the Holy Grail role, role, war and then the masters are actually like people who are good with magic in the modern day so this kid summons. Hero Emiya summons Saber, who happens to be King Arthur, but King Arthur's a woman, and it's Artoria Pendragon. I try to research why that was, um, because King Arthur's you know was always a man in history, but apparently, the way in the context of the show, the way these masters appear is is based it's upon because, how people told uh, them in history. And also, too, uh, with the reason why uh, she's a woman is because the first iteration of her was uh, Joan of Arc, if I'm correct, from the original state, Face Day Night. And then so what they did is her weapon became Excalibur, which then led to the part that they kind of bled in thinking that Joan of the Arc and King Arthur were the same person. Right, right. Yeah, like like how you verbally say the story kind of that uh, that makes a difference in the... um, in in how that sort that sold, so I'd like to see him tackle some of the tall tales and mythos of our history, not necessarily just Greeks and Romans, because we we you know that's been done to death, but Mayans, um, the Aztecs, the, uh, the other indigenous populations. I'd love, or even just other cultures and their their legends. Like what you know, we talk about Russia a lot, but like there has to have been lore and gods and stuff like that in the indigenous populations of Russia or something like that, you know, and. Uh, maybe do more stuff with creatures. So that's something I can see him doing because he has a very eclectic imagination. Um, you know, he takes his influences from a lot of from cinema. Like he's a big movie guy, so I'd love to see him do that more. And maybe even get into the comedic side. I, I would love if he's a like because to me, if Hideo, Hideo Kojima wants to, dem- I mean, he loves movies, but I would love for him. To roll up in Hollywood one day and find Tommy Wiseau and just be like, yo, I heard you were in a movie called The Room. I want you to be in my game. Because The Room, as you know, is the, the worst movie ever made, but which wound up being a masterpiece and making tons of money um, and being still one of the biggest money makers in the world, even more than, you know, 20 years later. And I would love to see the kind of imagination that Tommy and Greg Sestero could work on uh, with Hideo. So maybe have a little like, oh hi doggy, oh hi Mark, you know something like that. Um, definitely tap into the more of the film stuff more because like he he really had a penchant for that, and I think that he could change storytelling and filmmaking. Uh, what's the next one? Uh, uh Joe. 
Did you want to do the next one? Yeah, Corey. Oh, will you ever beat so Kingdom Hearts right 3? <laughs> I did beat it, but the game doesn't like to remember that I beat it, so I'm going to have to re-beat the game so that it does. And I was so tempted that before recording tonight that I was going to jump on and beat that game, uh, but then installation was going to take too long, so I did not get that chance. But yes, it's going to be in my plans to rebeat the game again um, so that I can actually have the trophy and actually count it as beating the game. Uh, all right, next question, Joe. Uh, Roberto, will you ever play The Last of Us? It'll get there inevitably. I have, like, I should honestly just get a schedule going because I just got two games today. I got The Hunt Down and I got uh, Dungeon of the Endless or something. And... The hunt down, like hunt down. Sh- no, hunt like down hunt showdown? down, as in you have to. It's a side scroller, cyberpunk shooter action game. Uh, it looked. It, I oh, played it okay, at Pax East okay, uh, two okay. years ago. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw. Before. Yeah, I saw yeah. that the the demo for. There's that, like so. the ins, and okay. then there's yeah, okay. The inside something, which is like a character, like something about mental illness, but it looks really good. So I've got stuff like that coming up the chain, and I just I need to get going on it and just beat it and play it you know and um i i guess um i mean i should probably play it in the, within the next few days and just put it on easy and just plow through it because the sequel comes out and um you know that's a big deal and everyone's going to talk about it and i'm going to probably be exposed to spoilers before i mean before if i don't play it so it's like i i i do want to play that because that's like you know yahoo called that the citizen kane of gaming and for context, in case you, you don't, for all, anyone who's unfamiliar with movies, Citizen Kane is a movie that's regarded by film historians as the best of all time. Um, yes, I know, Kali, but this is a fact. I know you're waving your hand at me, but people need to know that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, you know, I'm just playing. <laughs> no comment. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, next question. All right. Next question comes from Molly. I noticed all the VR headsets were sold out online. Do you think the age of quarantine will start the VR renaissance? No. Nope. Yes. Uh, it's the idea that everywhere they're either, it's like the, basically we've gone down this little loophole where it was Switches sold out first, then PlayStation 4s, then Xboxes, then PlayStation VRs, and then Oculuses, and then PC parts, <laughs> and everything's sold out. And then I continue not, I go on my Facebook marketplace and everything's reselling for four times the price. So it's not that everything's sold out because of the boost to VR. I wish I could say it was. It's solely fact because everyone's buying everything so they can sell it at a higher mark when someone goes, I want to stay in my house and stay active, which I want to buy Beat Saber for that. Like, as we know with Kali's friggin' regiment that she has to keep fit. That I wish I had Beat Saber, but everywhere is sold out. So that means I have to buy it secondary market, which means I have to pay more money for it. That's literally what's happening right now, and it sucks a lot and a lot of dick. Um, so I know a lot of people that have bought VR because they're stuck in the house. And I've been recommending the Oculus Quest because you don't need a computer. That Oculus Quest is going to help trip the uh, VR renaissance. The other thing that's going to help it is the release of Alexa. A lot of the systems were sold out before quarantine because people wanted to play 
Valve's new Half-Life game. Interesting. Oh yeah, very right. true. There's finally something to play on VR that's not like two minutes or shitty. Um, right. Or Beat Saber. And Half-Life... Well, well, it and is, Half-Life... It, it is short. Half-Life was the revolutionary system that... The game that... um that basically helped give us the new ju- steam the, not just steam but that whole new genre of gaming that fir- that third person first person shooter it revolutionized it. what no for half-life was the very first game to ever be steam exclusive it's the reason why it was such a big game and it came out and it had its own engine and then it, built and it made steam and then Ste- oh, pretty much because valve is steam they are the the same company Yep, same company. I know. Orange Box. That's I know. So Orange Box was so good. I really wish... You know what? In all honesty, Kalai, that's one thing I wish that we would get back. If they built Orange Box on the on the PC, on the PS4, I would buy that in a heartbeat. God, that game was good. Um, I, right. I don't think anything can save uh, VR at this point. I think it's like 3D. It's kind of like a fad. I do think that it will sell well to for people to play like one game, but then they'll just collect dust. You're still, you're still, you're still lying to yourself, Joe. No, you're I'm gonna, not. Yeah, I will you never are. buy a VR headset. Yeah, I told no, you. No, I won't. Last time we had this conversation, I said that it would, they would have it where they would have, you know, you, uh, WWE wrestling matches where you could be right there ringside, and you Can said do that no, now. they won't. And I, I know they do that. You said they would never do that because it'd be stupid, and they did it. You're lying to yourself, Joe. Still Just not get used it. to it. Just get used nope. to it. That, at, you're going to have it happen at one point in your life. You're going to have a VR headset. All right. Let, let's move on. We have a bunch more questions. Okay. That we do. JT asked specifically to Joe. Oh, Jesus. When will Joseph com- Priestley actually complete a game and not just beat a game? By the way, they are two different things. Okay. So I already Shot answered fired. this on Facebook. So I'm going to answer it here. I'm going to be very, 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 very clear to you, JT. I don't care what you think about the way I play games, and I know you think it bothers me, but it doesn't. But I'll give you a little story about why I play the games the way I play them, because that's the way I enjoy them. I don't platinum things anymore, because I'd rather play more games in a quicker amount of time than play less games and just grind, 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 grind. Um, I don't find it fun to grind on a console that's on a TV. Um, If you tell me to complete something on a Switch or a handheld, I'll do it. I just don't like to sit in front of a TV and play games like that anymore as an adult. Like, I don't really have that much time to play PlayStation 4, so I want to play as much as I can uh, and beat as many things as I can. If it's on Switch, I mean, I'm trying to 100% Hyrule Warriors, and that's 398 hours, and I'll get there one day. But um, I need you to understand that just because you have 390 Platinums, half of which are Rat Plat garbage, yeah, shots fired. Oh boy, um, we got AKs on both I, sides. I, I don't, I don't think that I need to prove anything to anybody by platinuming games, and I think that it's really, um, it's really annoying when people say, "Oh, well, you just fifty percent trophy list and then you move on," because I set a limit for myself because that's where I feel comfortable stopping. It, it kind of goes back to the Xbox three hundred and sixty days when I played for I played for achievements. And I played for score and I became one of the top 10% in the country because I averaged 500, 500 points in every game I played. And because everybody was sitting there getting hundred percent and everything, they were taking longer to complete games 
and I was half completing games at, ha- at a quicker rate than they were able to beat one game. So I was, I was moving up the leaderboards very, very, very quickly. So that's why I still took that philosophy over to the PS4, and it's why I am one of the only people I know that's a trophy collector and not really a platinum collector. I don't care about platinums. They're not... All the platinum is is that I got all the other trophies in the game. So to get it, I would have to get everything else. All it is is a shiny little dick medal that says, oh man, I got all these trophies in a game. And and Corey said it best to me. The games that I platinum are the games that I love and the games that I'm willing to go the extra mile to platinum. But I'm not willing to do that for every game just to have a shiny dick medal. Well, and, and, and like I said, with, with Joe, I want to just add in on Joe's defense here because I talked to Joe about, Joe talked to me about this uh, actually a little while ago before this became a, a question to the show. Um, when Joe was completing games to complete games, even to that 50% point, there's a lot of things that Joe misses on certain games or can't get to because he's put himself at that bar. Um, and the thing is, too, is there's a lot of times that I've seen Joe sit there and struggle just to do that 50% and actually depreciate his opinion on that game just because he's trying to gain those trophies or get past to that point. And that's where I think the problem with platinuming games and even doing some of that stuff. And that's where I had to stop with Final Fantasy VII platinuming that because I found to the point where I was actually getting upset with the game that I fell in love with and loved so much because I was trying to chase trophies. And I think that like with Payday 2, for example, we were playing Payday 2 the other day with me, Joe and all that. And we were trying to hunt trophies. It was so stressful. But when we just like sat there and went, let's just beat the story and then we can go with for trophies afterwards. It just became more fun and exciting. And I think that, you know, there's everyone has their way of playing games. And I mean, you just have to find what you enjoy. Yeah. So I actually started playing games again where I don't look at the trophy list. And I found myself like. Oh man, I got a trophy. That's cool. Didn't know I was gonna get it. And I think, I think that's how I want to play games going forward, guys. And I think that's like a very scary thing for me to admit because it's not a place that I've ever been at playing PlayStation Four where I didn't care about trophies. And I know that a lot of like a lot of like people like Alex and Yield have also gotten out of the grind of like just playing for trophies and just that's your sole purpose to play games is to play for trophies because you're on a show that talks about trophies or achievements or whatever. I think that I just want to enjoy what I'm playing. And I think that's why I gravitate more towards the Switch a lot sometimes because I don't want to deal with the bullshit of like having to get a platinum or having to play for trophies. And I don't have to worry about that on PlayStation. And it's 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 a re- it's a re- it's a feeling of like relief when you play a game and you don't have to worry about all these little extra trinkets to unlock. And I know Roberto can relate sometimes too cuz like he'll play something on Switch and be like Man, that was better than trying to play it for trophies because I would have had to fucking sit there and get this trophy that I I would have gotten. But do you guys have anything to add? Or I mean, Clyde plays PC, so Clyde's not playing for trophies. Clyde just played games to enjoy them. Well, I know she played something on Steam this week, so she'll be number one on the Steam leaderboards because no one plays in the fucking Steam leaderboards. So if you watch watch Loot Bros, she'll be number one next week. All right, so the next question actually comes from Stephen Fontana and Matt Grinelli, because Matt added to Stephen's question, so I'm going to put them together. We're nearly halfway through the year. What are your game of the year? What's your favorite game this year? And Matt adds, what game are you most excited for that isn't Cyberpunk? 
Uh, for me, I can go first because this is pretty easy for me. So far, my game of the year is Final Fantasy VII Remake. I know that seems like a, you know, everyone's going to be like, well, that's just because it's, you know, the biggest game so far this year. No, it's actually because they put a lot of effort and this is actually a game that deserves to... The idea that the soundtrack probably had more effort put in than 90% of the games that have been out this year really goes to show something. But the game I'm most excited for this year that's not Cyberpunk is uh, Ghost of... Uh, I wish I could pronounce this name right, but you know, Tashima. Tashima. there we go. Yeah, there we go. That's gonna be my my next big game to to play for sure. I know Joe's just boiling over there. What what's your game, Joe? Um, game of the year right now, I would have to say Kakarot, just because I haven't played many of the games that have come out this year. I really haven't, and there's really not much this year. If you think about like the big games that have come out this year to this point. Most of them came out in like the winter of last year, and everything else that was supposed to come out in that first quarter of this year got delayed. So I haven't got any of those games we were supposed to get yet, those bigger games. Um, I would say Kakarot. I would say the game I'm most looking forward to is Yakuza Like a Dragon, because I want to play that game. Because a lot of my friends have played the Japanese port, and they said it's friggin' amazing, and it takes a different spin on the Yakuza franchise. Roberto? It's tough because I, you know, I haven't really played any, like, the, the bigger stuff. Um, like, Doom Eternal is still in my backlog. Animal Crossing, I'm still... <laughs> Everyone's got mansions and shit. I haven't even... It's <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm right there with you, buddy. Um, and there is a lot more to, to process. I mean, for me, based upon everything I've played, at least so far, on PlayStation Vita playstation vr and uh the switch the the game of the year is is man i'm just trying to think here let's just if you could just give me well what about this how about this what is what game are you looking forward to this year coming out well definitely cyberpunk 2077 because that's like i love the aesthetic and i like the world that they're crafting and i like the what they're building there I think it's daring. I think it's bold. I think it's fresh. I think it's new. I think it's something that we kind of need to see. It's a nice swan song for the whole generation. Oh shit! Um, it's Tony uh, Hawk. Tony Tony Hawk remastered. It's probably the game I'm looking forward to the most. Honestly, <laughs> fuck. yeah. And fuck. So I forgot. Microtransactions. Fuck. They're gonna put. Micro- I don't care. Yeah. So, anyways, probably like. Oh no! Microtransactions. The first two weeks, but two first so many weeks. <laughs> but do you want to hear that one song that you heard in that game? Yeah. You get the music pack. Well, I mean, okay, let's 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 ignore my microtransactions are one of those things where literally if you're going to pay for something, it's ecstatic, if anything. No one cares about microtransactions. Roberto, I can answer your question for your most anticipated game this year if you want me to. That's not Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, I can answer that for Roberto right now. Um, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom Remastered. Yeah, that that I need to play. Dude, that's that dude. That's me for me and Joe. It's our cooperative oh, game of um, the year. Iron Harvest. That's the RTS that I played back at uh, uh, PAX East. That's going to be like World War One of the future. And then there's also No Straight Roads, which is like a music-inspired action game uh, with anime. Um, with like an anime inspiration that looks great. And then there's like, I'm still playing Warhammer 40k Martyr. Nice. Uh, yeah, so that game's pretty awesome. Um... It's like sometimes there's game of the year and it's games that came out last year, but it's games that you got to play this year. And like there's games, I agree, like, you know, like AI, the Synomium files I need to finish. Um, and then uh, Blood Roots is great and Odin Sphere is very good. But then um, 
in terms of new games that are not cyberpunk, Jesus. I think it's gonna be just it's gonna be Iron <laughs> Harvest or or No Straight Roads because just No Straight Roads okay. I really loved playing that, and then Iron Harvest was really neat, and then there's just that there's that one mech anime strategy game coming out from P Cube, The War warborn or whatever and oh it looks awesome yeah. i know what you're talking about yeah, yeah so, um what about pixel what about pixel uh pixel puzzle makeout league i can't wait for that shit that one we played at um the one we played at too many games i didn't play that you I, yeah I you did pixel puzzle makeout yeah it it was the Picross game that had the story mode and it was a dating sim you definitely seeing, played it. I think it. I remember seeing it. I don't remember. I know Kalai it. played it. I think Kalai right. played it. Yeah. Yes, well, you okay, did so, play it, Kalai. Okay, so Kalai, you're not you now. Kalai, remember, Kalai's not going to probably buy a PlayStation exclusive as as her most exciting game. So, Kalai, what's your game that you're most excited for? TurboTax. Well, year from. And game of the year. Game. Game of the year is Control. And the most forward game. I hope this is coming out this year. Um, Boyfriend Dungeon. Yeah, that's, I feel like that's been in development for a long time. Oh, but, see? Uh, yeah. See? I knew Kalai would have a different game. Now, Oops. if it was called Girlfriend Dungeon, I might be more interested. But being... You know what? I do have How to, How to a Boyfriend downloaded on my uh, PlayStation 3 and 4, so I might have to play that to do some backlog beatdown. And so, if, Kalai, you don't know, if you don't know what that is, you should definitely download it. So, Kalai, I found it very interesting that you picked a, a game from last year as your game of the year this year. Uh, I like your style there. You, that's a very good take. <laughs> it's a good... No, it, it's cool, because it's a good take. It's the same take Roberto was taking. Like, just because it's not a game of the year for this year... It's a ga- It's your game of the year, right? It's like, your game of the thing. year. Oh, I really thought it was no, a game for this Control year. came out in the fall of last year. But it's that good. Actually, I think it won a lot of awards too, didn't it? It, it won, won Game of the uh... Year last year, Kalai. Oh, yeah. Wow. There you go. Oh, then I'm very sorry. I don't no, have no. a game for the That's year. That's your Kalai. We're we're commenting. No, you we're, no. We're congratulating you, you on your game of year. No, <laughs> keep it. Keep okay. it. People, more uh, people need to play. Can we go to the next question? We yeah, sure how many can. more do we have left? Like ten. Two more. Two more. We're almost through this. Okay. All right. Next question. The next. Um. Andrew asks, thoughts on this whole Twitch Advisory Council thing, and do you think this will be the next big battleground? Okay, so Kalai, can you... Is this the whole thing where... Okay, you have to explain a little bit of what this is, because you're... I say we make this a topic of a show and move on. Next. Yep, good idea, because this is definitely something I I, I didn't have much time (laughs) before to, like, actually research this, because I actually worked today. We don't know, so next. Sorry, buddy. Levi asks, and this question is specifically for Roberto. I'm pretty damn sure. Okay. Why is Deliver Us the Moon such a fun little game? What is this game? I think because for starters, it's it's grounded in belief, scientific reasoning, and believability. The people that made it have science backgrounds. I think they're some of them are engin- were formerly engineers, and I like that's something I really like. For example, there was a game called D- Dimension Drive. It's a shmup. And the team was made by two former members of the European Space Agency, and they weren't working in human resources or anything. They were working in, in, with, with computers that would help launch rockets. And they just were like, you know, hey, we want to make a video game. So I feel that that's the biggest draw with Deliver Us the Moon. Like, it has a vibe and style that is haunting yet realistic. It's believable. 
It has a sense of gravity, pun intended. It has a sense of real realism. And I feel like that's and the the one of the biggest takes. The one of the also another among the biggest takes, at least for me, is the title, Deliver Us the Moon. You know, that it's like you could have just I said this in an episode, two episodes or three episodes ago. You could have just named this Blackout because you have to restore power to the Earth or um, Lunar Nightmare or some, something generic. But this is like Deliver Us the Moon, you know, and, and doing and the impossible. Right. And then on top of that, like that, if you, it has like a religious connotation to it, because there's that Our Father prayer in Roman Catholicism. And it's like the last verse of that prayer is Deliver Us from Evil. And um, this is deliver us the moon, you know. So I have like it has like a, a like a like a larger like a like a religious implication there, you know. And it and it makes sense because populations well long before us believed that like the moon might have been placed there by some kind of deity of unknown proportions and things of that sort. So it's like there's a bit of a it has that kind of weight to it. So I think that's what it is, and it's also a game that. Is it, it that allows you to do things and puzzle solve without it being like far too smart? Because uh, it's possible to make these games and then have it so complex and so sophisticated you lose the player. So it's easy enough to where you can understand what's going on, but it advances sophisticated enough where it's like, yeah, this is kind of cool. I can see this happening tomorrow. As a matter of fact, not to geek out too hard, but um. I've been playing this game, and we're actually supposed to launch astronauts to orbit the moon at the end of the month by SpaceX for the first time in, like, since 1969. And it's going to be a huge deal because it's American astronauts blasting off on an American space platform with, with, with a rocket, and we haven't done that since 2011. And it's like the, there was a, a video that NASA posted on YouTube that showcased what it's going to be like to have habitation on the moon like there's gonna be a rocket ship that meets with a space station orbiting the moon and then they're gonna go and say hi and then they're gonna go to another spaceship and the spaceships this spaceship is gonna land specifically on the moon and they're gonna do their thing and then when they're done they're gonna launch back on the same spaceship and dock with the space station and then take another rocket back to earth so it's cool because it's like it kind of feels realistic like granted deliver us the moon had a different idea of of how of living on the moon and getting to the moon but it still is pretty neat to see and um, just important lessons for us to know as we, as a species, move on with science and technology um, and how we're going to best move forward. Okay, um, no more. Okay, enough Bill Nye the Science Guy here. Uh, what's the next one? Okay, that will take us to the end of the show. Oh if God, you do wow. like us, please subscribe and rate us. Our Twitter account is GameStuffCast. You can check us out on Facebook at GameStuffPodcast. We have a Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash provengamer. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, um, at Kalai21, that's K-A-L-A-I, the number 21 on Twitter. Uh, Roberto is at Jehuti88, that's J-E-H-U-T-Y-88. Uh, Corey's at the Grounded Gamer, double D, no E. And Joe is at Mr. TMNT, that's capital M-R, capital T-M-N-T, 84. Um, if you would like to help us out, just go to ProvenGamer.com, click on any Amazon Amazon link and do your shopping like normal. It doesn't cost you any money. It helps out the site. We are partnered with Humble Bundle. All the links are in our show notes. Click on that Humble Bundle. Go get games and support our charity Extra Life. 
If you like our show, you can check out our other shows, Trophy Horse, and sometimes PG Spoilers. I also want to thank Isaac Sago for our logo, and of course, the band Take Away the Ugly. And also, if you would like, in my show notes, you have our merchandise store. You can go get a nice hoodie or a nice uh, cup to drink your coffee out of, like me. So check that out. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Game Stuff. May the force be with you, everyone. Stay safe, stay well, stay uh, respect social distancing, wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, and uh, be sure to take a shower and eat good food. Don't forget to play games and stay healthy. Keep loving games, guys. Check you later.